So, hi Goran, welcome back to the show. Hi, hi Adam. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Like always, funny and yeah. always a lot of lot of technical stuff, you know. Yeah. So. And uh, Opacic is your last name, right? Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Per perfect. The last time you mentioned that uh, you have a company and it runs on AWS and there's something to do with yeah, mo mobile. So what are you doing exactly? And what is it a company? So what what is it? So th there's a field uh, in technology in business called uh, Salesforce uh, automation. So you know everyone who's doing anything in the field has mm -hmm. to have some kind of a mobile device. It's it was like a laptop or 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 uh, Windows Mobile or now it's iPhone or Android uh, the phone or device. So people are taking orders. Uh, making some like measurements, taking counts of something like uh, you know, reading some some uh, devices or anything like so. Anyone can can pick some kind of data from the field, and then we track them and uh, do some transfer that data to other companies and stuff like that. So it's a basically it's like a it's an IoT on one side, but then you know it, with all this mobile stuff these. Devices are super smart. It's a super big computer that you have on, 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 on mobile devices. Uh, things with, that makes these things hard is like the uh, internet is not that good. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's 2021 and still there is like a, there are many black holes. So these applications need to work completely offline. You know, even if you don't have internet, you have to work with it. So there's no rest call to do <laughs> so if, if you are some in some like a nuclear plant or something you know so you have to you need to collect data so everything has to be collected even offline and then uh, uh, then synchronized with the back end so mm -hmm. that that's what we do like that's it that's it in general so but then you know like on on, on the back end side it's a, a lot of data exchange with other companies and other, you know, whatever you collect, you need to forward to someone. So there's a, there's a lot of different protocols like EDI, like uh, typical REST interfaces and, and also a huge database and, uh, and analytics and stuff like that. So whatever software you do, like after 15 years, it's, it's, a, it's a giant software that does more than you ever expected that it will do, you know, like, because you just add stuff, you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, like, it's, 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 it's also has, has some kind of um, ERP feeling, you know, sometimes, yeah. and, you know, whatever you do, and you end up with some, some giant software. Mm -hmm. But um, you have to quit at some point of time, you know, like, don't build software for 15 years. But what would be the use case? So what I would have to have for a business, you know, to, 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 to be able to, to buy your stuff? So, for example, you have a you are selling coffee. You you have a, you are a coffee company, and then selling good. coffee. You need to you need to visit all the coffee shops and offer them coffee and ask them. Okay, do you do you want our coffee? And if they like, then they will order. If they don't like, they'll. Then you need to collect information why they don't want it. You know. So and then also I'm monitoring my uh, employees like. How much time did they spend between two shops, and uh, is it optimal? Can I make an an optimal route for them and. Stuff okay. like that. I mean, it's it's whatever you know you you do on mobile phones, but for businesses like it, no Facebook, no <laughs> stuff like that. It's kind of boring world, you know, with this business world because many things uh, uh, things things are changing really slow slowly. You know, there's uh, there are many protocols that were there like before these new stuff like REST and JSON, like especially the EDI. And then uh, when you see that it just works and companies are just are already connected, it's so hard to move from that to something like better or newer or something. Even like moving from to TLS 1.1 or 1.2 was so hard. Yeah, you know because especially one to two. So we had uh, we had uh, some memory leaks and stuff. You know yeah. this was crazy and also like uh, uh, in businesses you know, like they really like this feeling of having a fixed ip address that's that's the secu that's security i have yeah. a fixed ip address with a firewall and uh, you give you have to give me a fixed ip address and uh, then we will uh, allow each other uh, uh, each other's traffic and then that's something that, that really changed with the cloud you know like you need to have security and protocols implemented like no there's no trust 
there's no easy trust. You know, you need to check all the time and talk, generate tokens and then give rights and, and back and forth, back and forth. So things need to be like uh, more complicated for, for, the, for the security we need, you know. Mm -hmm. But with these businesses, it's almost impossible. We will like be in 2050 uh, uh, and uh, they will still use the same old protocols, you know, and yeah. uh, that's, that's super heavy. How you got the yeah. idea for your product? Was it a project or product? So, I mean... I worked in a, in a one company as an IT consultant 20 years ago, and then they had a problem that everyone was collecting some paper forms, like from the field. Mm -hmm. uh, why is the shelf empty in the shop? Like, what, why, which products uh, are out of stock mm -hmm. and stuff like that? So they were collecting these things, like, on paper, and then when they go, go back to the company, they... They type it in, in a, an Excel sheet, and then in a, from Excel sheets, they get, like, uh, some kind of reports. And the problem is, like, when you have pro uh, something which is out of stock or some problem in the field, you need immediate reaction. You know, like, it's if you need five days to collect data, then it's like, irrelevant. So their whole work was completely irrelevant. And then I got uh, – uh, uh, then I saw this uh, Palm device – you know, the old Palm devices mm -hmm. with green uh, green screens, you know. And then it was so easy to develop simple application and forms for it. I was really impressed, you know. So uh, there was no internet that, I mean, internet connection on them, but you were able to uh, connect them to a dock when you go back to exactly. a company or your... Uh, so you just synchronize the database and then the database can be sent to, to the central mm -hmm. location and mm -hmm. then you just collect data and that's... And, you know, from that, uh, things changed, you know, uh, but what, uh, it's not the technical things that, that was really important in that process. The thing was like, when, when that company told me, look, I have, we have a problem. Uh, we cannot, we don't have a budget in IT for this. Can you sell this as a service to us? Like, uh, like, uh, like an expense. So mm -hmm. uh, as an OPEX and I said, okay, but that's a software. And then I realized, oh, okay, okay, okay. Not only I will sell you the, the, the software per, on a monthly basis, I will also rent you devices and everything. And, you know, that click was, uh, uh, that moment was when, when I realized that we are actually selling service. So I should tell them complete package, you know, on, on, uh, as, as a service and charge them on a monthly basis. And then everything started, you know, I, I was able to sell software to marketing and sales without even talking to IT departments, you know, like just because I'm selling a service. So that was more, you know, more important shift than that technological shift from, from my perspective, yeah. you know. From that point of time, I, I, I never sold my software. It's not running on-premise anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like for, for a couple of years, we were running this uh, server side on, uh, on, uh, on different providers. Uh, uh, the last one was Hetzner, you know, and then uh, after the Hetzner, we jumped. We had a, like a short episode with uh, Microsoft Azure. It didn't go well. <laughs> and then and then we said, okay, let's go to AWS, and and you know, with with some ups and downs, it it it's 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 pretty much like a super great story, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and Hetzner so, uh, work well for you? I mean, uh, I... Hetzner is like it's like a magic. I, I don't know how do they manage to. Get so such a such such good servers exactly. for that <laughs> that amount of money, like it's impressive, you know. That, uh, and, and like flawless. So if, if you do some uh, some stuff on premise, just just go there. I mean, this is not marketing. I, I'm not paid for this. I will always say they're just great. They're, now they're running in, uh, uh, some operations in US, so mm -hmm. you can have Hetzner in US now. So uh, it's amazing, you know. Dell PowerEdge servers like with so many RAM and so much RAM and, and, and disk for, for that money, that's, that's impossible. You know, like, uh, like five, six years ago, I was, I was super happy with them. And, you know, you, you, you can easily get and provision uh, big machines uh, with them. And, uh, you know, but the problem with, with all these things is that you have to manage these things by yourself, you know. Yeah, so, exactly. uh, and I, at that time, I was managing like a startup manager, I was also doing a lot of technical stuff, especially uh, MySQL, and uh, we were running Percona uh, cluster at, at that time. So, you know, it's hard. If something is down, you have to really, really understand what's going on. And you're going deeper and deeper and deeper in these technologies, and you just can't cope with everything, you know. Yeah, with, exactly. So it, it, that's, that's and, you know, the, uh, Hetzner is now trying to get closer to uh, to 
what uh, 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 AWS is doing and others like, but it's it's not easy. You know that they they are still like a closer to bare metal than than to 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 some abstract services like in in mm-hmm. in, in, in internet. But you you can provision stuff like uh, with with the API there. So you should yeah. be. I don't know if there is a Terraform provider for them, but it, you should be able to do some stuff with the uh, yeah. with the uh, infrastructure as a code also with them. But yeah, still, exactly. it's, it's a bare metal. So uh, <laughs> I, I, even at the at the uh, AirHacks, you know, I always said uh, if you would really like to just have OpenShift or whatever, you don't have to run it on cloud. You know, you can buy some uh, Hetzner boxes, install you know your cloud, yeah, and you have yeah, your small yes, cloud, yes, and it worked yes, perfectly. Yes, and yes. it is it is going even to be really cost effective and cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, if if you're First thing, if the first thing you think about is is money, yeah, okay, and you don't care about the 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 hours you have to spend on learning stuff, yeah, exactly, okay, then then you, then it, that headstone is fine. I mean, I still like that feeling of having access to like a, this KVM uh, interface, so I can I can see the machine booting, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's great feeling, you know. Like after all these years in AWS, I kind of miss that, you know. Like I don't know what's going on with lambdas and. I would yeah. really like to see that stuff booting, and but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 happening so fast. So, so <laughs> don't log that. Yeah, uh, AWS <laughs> should should sell you know uh, screensavers with booting machines, so they they, they can actually. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, that that matrix feeling that we like, we are coders. We, yeah. we see some green stuff on green 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 uh, letters on the screen. So that 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 feeling, you don't get that with these new technologies. You know, like. It's 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 you don't have access to terminal, you know. That's uh, yeah, that's a pity, you know. So well, but still, uh, you know, not, not entirely true, right? Uh, because uh, with EC2, um, I have I've used EC2 machines, so you can absolutely connect yeah. You are, you are still using EC2. Yeah, you are No, EC2, I'm uh, uh, in. Um, for instance, uh, I'm using EC2 for Graal VM compilation. Yes, I'm using exactly. uh, EC2 for uh, sometimes, you know, as a as a um, code pipeline job, you know, to automate things, to 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 build the stuff. And as Bastion hosts to try things out, uh, to try to, yeah, you can okay. you can launch you know the the EC2, but uh, you can you then have to access. And what I use is the uh, system manager, how it's called, uh, session manager, I think. So you yeah, can yeah, without yeah. SSH key you can connect, and then you you see exactly. actually the terminal, and um, yeah, this is very bare metal, right? Yeah, but but the goal the goal is, should be like to not to have any EC2 instances, you know, like that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's good for to, to, if you if you want to solve a problem right now. Mm-hmm. But with with AWS, you should always look for the latest thing and see. Okay, this is the future. I have to. I have to be there. You know exactly because because they don't miss the point. For all these years, they didn't miss the point. You know, like they really have the point about serverless and and stuff like that. It proved in many ways in, in what what we did is that there's no point mm-hmm. of making uh, your own cloud inside the cloud. Managing your own servers inside inside the managed environment, yeah, so like no, no so point. This is even crazy. Yeah. What it reminds it reminds me, you know, back then where people installed Spring on Whitefly, and I say, okay, now we yeah. have two dependency <laughs> injections. No, and, and now yeah. what? No, uh, why? And this is exactly like you would like run your own cloud inside a cloud. It's okay now. Now you have two clouds. You have to manage both. What's the point? Either you know this this first cloud or or, or the AWS. Exactly. And, and when you see people installing Kubernetes on 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 AWS or anywhere, like you, that's that's the exact thing that's happening. They're making their own cloud inside the cloud. Yeah. You know, they're make they're defining their own machines, and inside these machines, something will run. Yeah. Okay. The, the goal is to have a. Uh, uh, I have this kind of a workload. This function does this. I want it to be deployed in the best way it matches its like performance requirements, stuff like that. So you can define per function what you want mm-hmm. and what kind of capacity, what kind of resources you want, what kind, of, what kind of permissions. It can scale independently from other stuff. That's something that you that from the point of like uh, the the the. The final future product. That's something that I really want. You know, I don't. I don't want to de- define servers. And yeah. then uh, one function could influence another function. Can can really kill another one. Get get it uh, to to the state of out of memory or out of any re- many different resources. You know, things have to be independent so they can easily scale. You know, just like with the microservices. But then you have to go further. Like every single execution needs to be independent in a way. You yeah, know? so that's an interesting point. It's, it's, it's a hard goal. It's a hard goal. It's not easy. <laughs> it's just 
I think um, for me it is easy and it's not hard. This is interesting. So, uh, uh, my perspective. You said uh, uh, go serverless. This is also my uh, my opinion. But um, where we are coming from? We, as I am coming from MicroProfile and Java E, and for me it was always serverless. So uh, what, what you describe right now, uh, this is exactly the, the same feeling I had with application servers. Now I have with serverless. Why that? Back then, a few years ago, I coached a startup. And uh, say, so, okay, pick Whiteflight. It was before Quarkus and just you no know, focus on business. Ignore, you know, the entire plumbing. Use just a subset, whatever you need. Just, just, just use and write very simple code. And I got feedback from the startup. It's crazy. So uh, we are highly productive. So we write uh, on a little code, and it is very fast. So why it is so fast? It's like this is so fast because you know you write simple code and you don't try to optimize. And if you know what you are doing from the business perspective, it will execute fast. Exactly the same experience I have actually with Lambda. So if you if you if you build your Lambda and you don't care to know about the optimizations too much first, and you just you know uh, give it a little bit CPU, it will run surprisingly fast. So um, with Java. So I'm just talking about Java. I'm just using Java on uh, on, uh, on AWS. So now, what we are doing in my current projects is really crazy. So um, we are actually picking a mid-range microservice. It could be, let's say, 10 JAXRS endpoints with dependency injection and everything and run it on Lambda. So with Quarkus, it works perfectly. So what happens technically, we have either a load balancer or HTTP API gateway or in enterprise companies, REST API gateway. So if you pick the AWS REST API gateway, uh, this is the older one, but it's some, sometimes required yeah. if you need to know the, I, I don't know whether you need it, but some of my clients need it, like the uh, VPC uh, integration. So the uh, Lambda should be only visible from within the VPC and be accessible via direct connect, like, you know, direct line to AWS. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the HTTP API gateway is nice, or sometimes load balancer is, is nice. It really depends uh, for what. And um, and uh, this is the basic architecture. Now, in my uh, one of my current projects, we already have 300 Java classes. The project is going to be actually a large, and we have only one Lambda. The cool story is we're running with two gigs of RAM just because of the CPU. We could we we need far less. The we can test everything locally, so we can uh, start Quarkus locally, and it executes without any local stack. It just executes as a microprofile runtime. But you have you said you have one lambda, or you have like lambda per function. One lambda, uh, one one lambda. But it, does it scale like uh, the different things? Like uh, 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 different things should scale independently. You know, like that. Yeah, yeah, you should. Uh, but yeah. what? Listen, what what happens now? So in in our case, so first we are highly productive. The developers can use you know locally yeah. what I, it looks like Whitefly. It doesn't matter locally. You say you yeah. know Quarkus uh, compile Quarkus dev and it runs locally. There is no lambda in place. It's just stock microprofile. Then we use Java CDK. On AWS code pipeline and code deploy, to f on every you know push fully you know system tests. So we push yeah. it to AWS. Then unit tests uh, are created and the lambda is automatically installed. Now the cold start takes three seconds, and any subsequent invocation is I would say under fifty milliseconds. So it performs great. There is no need for modularization. We will get maybe two or three other lambdas because they make sense. But for me, such lambdas is a great endpoint microservice, right? It is not. It is the you know the entry point to the serverless world because uh, we have to serve an API to the outside world, right? So now the persistence we use S3. I was curious. I said, okay, uh, just start with S3 because it's interesting. I was really you know a little bit uh, uh, cautious with the latency because I um, uh, I said okay maybe it's going to be too slow. Now. The latency is great. At like 20 milliseconds, we can access, you know, the uh, S3 from this Lambda. So, um, and uh, from the architecture, we are we getting, you know, the Java objects from via MicroProfile and JSONB, and we are able to store them more or less directly in S3. So, uh, it is actually simpler than uh, with a database in this particular project. And um, 
So the interesting part, so we are using Lambda, yes, but the only difference is that uh, instead of running on 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 uh, on application server or whatever, we just say you know to AWS, just we would like to have Java 11. So this is actually what you have to do in CDK, and uh, the entire infrastructure with permissions, S3 bucket, bucket, and so forth, is written with CDK v2 with Java completely in Maven. So um, so we have actually yeah. a self-contained runtime, and uh, it feels more productive than uh, even, you know, uh, back then. And uh, it will scale like crazy because the difference is, if you think about this, back then with application servers, we had one application server with mul multiple threads. Now the application server is AWS, is actually the Lambda execution environment. And one Lambda is a process. So if you, if you have, you know, 10 parallel requests, we get 10 processes running side by side, and each of the process will get one CPU and two gigs of RAM. Yeah. So, so you know, there's yeah. a difference to, to before. It's not like we have... And if you compare that to a Microsoft-like solution or Google solution, they allow like uh, 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 two requests to, to run in parallel mm -hmm. on, a single, mm -hmm. uh, on a single serverless instance, mm -hmm. which is like uh, what we have today in, 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 application. in our uh, mm -hmm. application servers. But with AWS, you you don't have that, and you sometimes people see that as a restriction. But 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 from but when you see how easy and, and fast it is, yeah, and you say, well, I have a dedicated resource per request. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, you know. Like and uh, and then you start appreciating that because you, you don't have like uh, uh, other uh, no one can like uh, uh, kill your process or or destroy other requests. You cannot, mm -hmm. heavy requests cannot kill you. So, uh, but let me give you another idea. Like you can have the same code that that you built, like mm -hmm. that that zip one or jar or something mm -hmm. that that you built for that that lambda in. But then with the CDK, you can create different lambdas as resources. But why? That use the same code. Yeah, okay. no. So, yeah, yeah. But let me give you an example. So, for example, uh, uh, one lambda can do only writes. Mm -hmm. For example. And another one is only reads. Uh -huh. Okay. And uh, you can say, I will, uh, in API gateway, I will set that writes can be done only like 10 requests per second maximum. Uh -huh. Okay. And reads, uh, uh, for reads, you can assign, like, uh, uh, you can give API keys. You can, you can uh, uh, have different permissions who can access reads, you know. Uh -huh. And then you have, but you, you, still can, you can still have the same Lambda project built. Yeah, as as one function, you know, but you can share, you can you can use the same function in two lambdas, which is like infrastructure yeah. lambdas. You know? mm -hmm. So they they can uh, uh, independently scale, even if it's just one code. Mm -hmm. That's one of the problems I have uh, I had with Quarkus, for example. I thought that the first time I saw Quarkus, like when I when I thought wait that a second, I, we can do this still uh, with my projects because the uh, the yeah. lambda. Exp is integrated right now with a proxy integration. So it means, you know, uh, all, and we have, I don't know, maybe 30 different JAXRS endpoints inside with different URIs. But yeah. you can still an API gateway say, you know, this endpoint is secured that way and you have here, yes. you know, th this is no difference. And uh, and uh, the API gateway will, you know, hit this uh, or the request will hit the API gateway and whether this is one Lambda or two, it doesn't matter. But, I will get this, but different. So for this Lambda, it works beautifully. So we have only one release. We uh, uh, we okay. don't like to have multiple zips and care about, you know, the aliases and versions. Okay. We only would like to have one kind of microservice. On the alternative would be an ECS Fargate. So say if this is, uh, I, yeah. I suspected it won't work so far, so, so great. So I would create an uh, Fargate, but it works fine. But if we write to S3, now, now what happens is S3 emits an event. And uh, we will subscribe another lambda, and this is what you what you what you mentioned right now. But this lambda is going to be completely asynchronous. It doesn't have to be even Quarkus. It is plain Java 17. So we use Java 17 layer, so you can run Java 17 right now. And um, and uh, and then it will pick the data and write an index and and do some you know uh, stuff. But this is completely asynchronous lambda, and these lambdas will be part of the entire application with CDK. And um, what, what I'm just saying with Java Power is we can actually build huge lambdas and they are still extremely fast 
and very well maintainable. It was going to be harder to do the same with scripting languages. I cannot even imagine you know, to write with uh, JavaScript 300 endpoints because what I yeah. saw, I took a look at at the um, at the uh, examples from Lambda and what they are doing in Lambdas. They are they are switching you know between HTTP post, put, delete, and whatever. They 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 implementing their own servlets inside. And uh, what Quarkus does for you, it looks like JaxRS. So there's no difference. So Quarkus actually yeah, picks yeah. the HTTP API event from. Uh, from load the, the load balancer from uh, from HTTP yes. API gateway or REST API, then reads that without using reflection uh, invokes mm-hmm. JAXRS, which is very fast. And I have my dependency injection. It starts with... netty. It, it starts actually the, the the Lambda environment starts a small netty server which which delivers this REST. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the, for listeners, it should be it, it will be interesting to understand like why is it like I mean I, I'm 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 saying some good things about AWS, but why is it like that AWS is doing it in in a good way? Like so, uh, the, the thing is when you when 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 AWS does serverless, they they do this a bit differently. Like they have uh, they they created uh, like a special uh, uh, virtual machine mm-hmm. called Firecracker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a it's a super fast, super slim, super easy, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, also they're they're running it on on a on a on a special on machines where they where, where they did something which is like a, a super new like in 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 this industry. So they separated like networking, security, and other stuff in a small like box which in which is inside the server. Mm-hmm. So uh, like you have a Dell server, whatever inside the network center, but uh, that server does only provide that provides only CPU and 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 storage and stuff like that. But then, like the component that does security, that does like uh, uh, access to the network and stuff like that, it's not on that server. It's actually like a special card or something which is outside of that box. So you can switch. You can have. You can still have that same uh, management card, but different hardware inside it. So you can have ARM. You can have like uh, uh, AMD. You can have Intel stuff. Whatever, but that management thing that's connecting it to the network is outside of it. So what they get also from that is that there's a smaller overhead because the virtualization is not that that done on the on the on that uh, server. It's actually that done on that like uh, uh, these things which are shared like on 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 small on lower level are done on that card. Okay, so they really did everything they could. To make these things, this thing fast, you know, that's why you can have server <laughs> with Java and stuff running in three seconds, you know, like in the yeah. whole environment. You're like you have a ten gig server a Lambda starting in a couple of seconds. So that's amazing, you know. Yeah. You don't get that, and you see when you have this uh, 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 virtual machine, uh, uh, and it starts in like in a couple of seconds. Then your uh, uh, why is it important? A couple of seconds, because the perspective of a user who is waiting for on, uh, from a response from a website, it's a couple of seconds. If I if it's longer than a couple of seconds, then I won't wait yeah. for the, for that. You know, so then I need something which is running all the time. But if it's if it's lower than than a couple of seconds, I can have a front end facing website built on Lambda. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, you know. You don't. Ha- it's not just for backend work. It's also also from any anything like that needs res- a quick response. So that's that was really important. That breaking that barrier of cu- of couple of seconds, going lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. And when you look at what others are doing, they don't see serverless as something that that's like a mainstream. Already I have, because I have, just, they're just running like... it in Kubernetes. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> Microsoft is running it in Kubernetes. Mm-hmm. Virtual machines in Kubernetes running functions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the whole the overhead is 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 extreme. Yeah, like that's the problem. Yeah, but you know, AWS started in I think two thousand six, right? And the others, yeah. you know, they waited how long? Five years at least. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of smart people around, you know, but the, the whole strategy is important. Yeah. Is it the primary thing, or we are just following AWS so we can say? Oh, we have that technology too. You exactly. Know? But but, um, but important to, to uh, also very important. There's a misconception that the AWS Lambda, this 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 uh, cold start, how it's called, the three seconds, oh. they happened the very first time. And if your application is accessed frequently, maybe they will never happen again. If your application is accessed infrequently, so I would say um, if you have 
one request per hour, which can happen is that every request gets a cold start. But um, what I did actually recently, I delivered a keynote uh, for Vox Bucharest, and actually on stage, on remote stage, I said, okay, if you don't like to have cold starts, so how expensive is provisioned concurrency? And even if you provision concurrency means you can run, you know, you can say tell uh, Amazon keep your defunction warm, whatever they do, it should be warm, and it costs. It was like I don't know between ten and twenty euros a month. So what it means is we can uh, now with Java run a huge microservice without any call starts for twenty euros overhead a month. But look, it's just for the first call, you know. Yeah. Because you have one you have one function waiting for you there. But if mm-hmm. there's two calls in par- parallel, then another one will also have a call start. Yeah, you're right. But this is the Honestly, difference. Honestly, I hate it. Yeah. I just hate it. That means that you didn't develop your code properly. You didn't split all the things properly. Okay, you're maybe doing some like super crazy PDF image manipulation, other stuff, which really requires more resources. So it, then the call start really doesn't matter. But if you are doing something for front end, and it, it takes so much time to start, then you did something really yeah. wrong. Okay. But what we do that, the front-end, uh, maybe, is a misconception. Mm-hmm. We are storing the uh, web components and static assets in S3 website. So there is no latency mm-hmm. at all. And yeah, what yeah, takes yeah. longer is the REST API call. So this is the Lambda. So the Yeah, I'm just, you have to cut it, you know, like, uh, 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 there are ways to cut it, of course. You know, Quarkus did amazing thing, Microdot did, did amazing thing, but with the GraalVM, we jumped to a completely new 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 era you know like yeah. now we can think about uh, uh you know also when people when you say 3 seconds it it's not like something that like defined well defined like it's a we should we should say uh it's it really depends on what you're doing in your lambda you yeah. know let let me give you one of, one of the things that really really made uh, uh, me my brain explode when i was listening about some presentations about GraalVM when they were talking about uh, JDBC, mm-hmm. you know, and the libraries in JDBC. So JDBC still has a user interface done in uh, in AWT. What was that called? You mm-hmm. remember that yeah. that technology, that front end stuff, like <laughs> because it can ask you for username and password, right? There is there's a mode yes. exactly. Yes, it's the code is still there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the problem is how much time does it take for a JDBC driver to start? Mm-hmm. How much overhead it does to our system, you know? So we need to clean our code because we just, someone said, oh, I need that in my application. And developers said, oh, let, let's add it. So in, like any library after 15 years becomes so fat yeah. that it doesn't make any sense anymore, especially yeah. in the serverless world where there's no interaction. So the, the problem is like, if you call any service from your Lambda, and that, I mean, you, you must call some service, okay? Yeah. You need to interact yeah. with someone, uh, someone there. So you can interact with a with a JDBC, okay? Mm-hmm. So you are interacting with a backend service. You need to open a connection. Mm-hmm. That connection, you know, you need to load the driver, do all the stuff, <laughs> check that AWT, maybe some other classes, load all the classes, load all the classes, billions of classes, and then your service will start connecting and then things will happen. So it's like three seconds. It's not just uh, the, uh, the start, uh, the, the, the time for Lambda to start. It's also like the, the uh, in, init- uh, initializing services, okay? Yep. So the problem is, uh, it's not just JDBC. HTTP client yep. needs to be smarter, you know? Yep. So everyone is now like, AWS is, has its own HTTP client, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, uh, you there we need improvements on the HTTP side now. You, uh, someone is using, uh, many people are actually using OK HTTP also on, uh, on, on, on Lambdas, you know, because uh, uh, when you look at all the things that start in that time till you connect to DynamoDB or any other AWS service, it still takes time to, for, to initialize the HTTP and, and connection, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the difference is just, just for, for, for listeners, all AWS services, ne- let's say native services are accessible via HTTP. Mm-hmm. So you need a client to connect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the problem is like, uh, when you do compilation with Quarkus, but I'm, I'm in Java version. Okay. It doesn't do the tree shaking mm-hmm. for your code. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everything is still there. Mm-hmm. 
it will compile in a way that it will try to uh, uh, not use reflection, okay? And it really helps. Many many of these extensions really help that the code can just use what it what it needs, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's still, the code is still there. Like, the, your Lambda can be really fat, like 30, 40 megabytes, you know? It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it it uh, it costs you in some way like to uh, 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 if you have a big zip with lambda code it will take more time for it to start than yeah. than, than the one with the but this is an amazon this, this is extremely is... fast so the the, the uh, my observation was not the, the 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 code size of the zip it's not enough you know adam don't be don't be satisfied with what no what no i'm not today. satisfied but i think i was surprised it can be better yeah sure. <laughs> okay i agree i agree so with gravm they actually do the tree shaking. Yeah. So that's why this code is like smaller and better, you know. But the, you know, the, the small problem is like what I was expecting from from people do, uh, creating GraalVM requirements is like if I have two uh, entry points, like two lambdas in my project, that for when they compile one lambda, that they will just do a tree shake for that one, and then uh, for for the second lambda in the same project. They could do the tree shaking for 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 its path, you know, to understand. I mean, when I say tree shaking, I mean uh, if my REST endpoint is using MySQL, mm-hmm. then in this lambda, just take the JDBC driver with it and just take the part of it what you need. And if there is another endpoint uh, in my project, in the same project, I'm saying, well, if you compile it, then don't don't use the the driver, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, they they don't do that, and and still in in in, in even in Gravi Gravi uh, project when it when you build it, you get all the code. So that's that's a cup. That's a that's a one thing. If you're doing serverless, and uh, what you explained to me, uh, 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 what you, your example is that actually all the things are still in the same project. Yeah. Okay. So you know whatever you add to that project, it will end up in Lambda. Yeah. So. If you if you want to do something really small and super fast, you won't be able to have a small lambda just because the other part of the project is using something else. So you know. But what we are doing, you know me already. So I say, okay, we do at the beginning the worst possible thing, which is simple. We just implement and we measure entire time. So we have no system tests from the beginning, and we measure the performance. And what surprised me, it is fast enough. This was actually the point. I, I I wanted actually uh, to to split it up, and I thought, do we have to really to do it? And the outcome is no. So for a mid-range microservice, and we have S3, and uh, with JDBC, what I would do is I would just you know instantiate per lambda one connection, do it statically without connection pool, and then experiment with RDS proxy, for instance. So to have a connection pooling on uh, on the RDS. On, on the RDS part. But actually, in serverless, I try to avoid even uh, relational databases and go straight to DynamoDB. And the reason is not necessarily JDBC or the, or, or, or the size of the entire thing, but if I have, you know, DynamoDB, as you already mentioned, I have, you know, one client which talks to HTTP via HTTP, which I, I don't care first, but what I, can, uh, what I can also do, I can just say, give me a table. And I have the table, so there is no no provisioning. I don't have to decide uh, multi AZ or not, uh, and uh, and uh, it is uh, it, it just runs. This is actually the Java E idea applied to a database. Yes. So okay, I just would yes. like to have a table, and then what's important for me is at the end of I, I'm this is the the difference to you. I don't have my own business, but I can show you know the AWS bill to my client and say, look, this is what we paid for the database because this table was accessed a lot and this was not accessed at all. And now it's his decision whether the table or the data in the table is is uh, is important or not. And uh, maybe we will even use DynamoDB in current project, but we are very happy with S3 actually right now. Let's see yeah. what happens. Yeah. But but um, but uh, the point is, um, what I'm going with it, so we can have larger Lambda functions, which are crazy fast, and with Maven and CDK, we can have a really good modules. So I can have, uh, for instance, what I started already to do is to reuse parts, right, for, of the infrastructure. With the CDK, I have a construct for a, a VPC with a VPN, for instance. I have a construct for Lambda with HTTP API gateway or REST. This is already done. So I have a construct where, where Lambda talks to S3. So And this is actually identical uh, because... This is AWS API. It doesn't change. It will probably never change yeah. in the in the in the next years because it never changed in the past. So um, so what it means is with Java and Maven, 
we can create you know, uh, a reusable part, what you mentioned right now. If you figure it out, you can say, I have now my Lambda module with MySQL and Quarkus and create a construct. And the developer just says, give me this and, 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 and passes you know, the amount of RAM or whatever and, and, can, and can even compose this thing with the remain, remaining yes. part. So yes. you can have, you know, you can, you can ask the S3 bucket uh, where the website is, is called website S3 bucket where, you know, for the URL and eject this URL to Quarkus and, uh, and whatever. You can combine all the things. And, yes, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can have like a, a library of your components, like which are on a higher level than those which are created by, by AWS natively. Exactly. And what you can add your own logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can even change what's going on behind, you know. I, I, uh, uh, you know, you, you can use something called code artifact in AWS. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, also a, it's a repo for, mm-hmm. uh, it's an NPM, uh, Maven, uh, other repos. So you can, you don't have to go outside the, the AWS and uh, it, it will cache stuff from Maven, but mm-hmm. also you can publish your local stuff to, to that your own mm-hmm. uh, code artifact. So it's even faster. It is local. And then also, you know, like, these these things that are outside of AWS are not that stable, like like GitHub or Maven repos and stuff. So when you have things locally available, whatever happens outside of your world, you can you can you you still can compile your own system. You know, people. There's also like uh, uh, Git. By the way, by the way, but but because you say not stable. So um, I played with the EC2 machine and I had to download. I think uh, even GraalVM, and it's uh, just okay. crazy. How fast the internet is, right? I thought <laughs> yes. it doesn't work. I, I was like, you know, curl, whatever, and it was there. It's like, why, why the connection doesn't yeah. work? <laughs> it was already downloaded. So if you remain yes. in in the network in the region, uh, then it's a really really fast. If you have like uh, many components which uh, which you rely upon, and like uh, like if you're using something from Docker from outside of you know, yeah, outside is problematic. It, yeah, yeah, but the, the the thing is now you can use. Uh, 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 AWS is uh, a repository ECR. that can proxy. Yeah. Yes, ECR. So it can proxy to Docker. So you don't you don't have to like, and also you don't have a problem with the Docker anymore, like with this limiting and stuff like that. So, uh, so you should always use a proxy. I mean, but whoever does that in Kubernetes, they, they, people always have local proxies with the to 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 get stuff from the outside. You know, so you can you can if something is wrong, if internet is down and anything like you can actually locally uh, you can still build mm-hmm. with, with your la- last version and stuff like that so uh, uh, uh but one, one thing that you mentioned that I, I need uh i need to clarify to people like something like when i said it's hard i say that uh because i have some legacy you know if you start a new project then it, it should be easy you know yeah. but but what we enough uh, see now is that people are thinking about the cloud and they think about their existing applications, you know? So how would I move my application to the cloud? And that's not easy, you know, Mm -hmm. because in many cases, people have a big database behind and then a lot of microservices, you know, it's sometimes people split their databases, you know, but splitting databases has a a lot of implications like costs and stuff like that. It's easy to, yeah, yeah, it's easy to split the application side, but the database and I know to be like domain, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you need to circle that domain, it's hard, you know. So in many cases, people have a big database and then they access it from many different microservices. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a problem. You have to decide one day, okay, I, I need to split this, you know. Splitting MySQL or PostgreSQL to different databases will cost you also, you know, like, it's not like a, you need to provision another server, like, or, 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 or yeah. if you do that in Aurora or stuff, but anyway, like every single instance costs you like a fixed price, you know? Yeah. So we, yeah, th- why, why DynamoDB is, is good is like when you provision it, it doesn't cost you anything if you don't use it. Like yeah. you just, you pay for use. Like if, if someone just imagine that someone is charging you per, uh, for your Postgre or MySQL per use. Okay. If you don't use that part, that mm-hmm. if you do, never access that table, you won't pay almost, you will pay almost zero just yeah. from the storage. That's okay. true, yeah. So, so I'm storing right now like actually it. stats uh, from my podcast and I yeah. don't pay anything for uh, for, for DynamoDB. So I'm below, yeah. you know, the... Perfect, yeah, yeah. yes, perfect. Yes. So the, the, the other thing with, with AWS also is like the idea that they promote is that 
uh, one database is not enough anymore. Okay. By the way, you database. Have different... uh, because we we're talking about costs, so I did the calculations for multiple clients, and mm-hmm. even a mid-range database, a smaller one, will cost you roughly eight hundred euros a month. So if you're using a database with a license, like a MySQL server, it will be 1,000 euro mm. more. But if you use something you know, like MySQL RDS, they are very equal, you know, of a, 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 I don't know, two, four CPU machine with a little bit of RAM, you will pay roughly 700 to 1,000 yeah. euros. You can cast costs, costs in AWS by, in advance. Uh, by buying uh, buying stuff in advance. You can, you can get like 70, 65-70% if you buy three years in, in, uh, in advance. If you just commit... You'll also mm-hmm. get like sixty percent, okay, for three years. So, uh, but the problem is like, can you look? Can you see yourself in like three years? Do you do you see this traffic, this uh, amount of usage be, will be there in three years? Mm-hmm. I, do, maybe you would need more. Maybe you need less stuff like yeah. that. So, but uh, the problem is, like, uh, sorry, w- w- sorry. W- w- wait a second, uh, uh, because uh, two two additional interesting use cases, what you maybe like or not. <laughs> so, one okay. is uh, oh, yeah. another okay. project is legacy project. And uh, it's a great project, actually. It was Whitefly. They were on OpenShift, and they had a couple of microservices. And now they have to go to the cloud because of security and disaster recovery and stuff like this. So they have reasons to do that. And I helped them a little bit. And what we did there, we just um, installed or provisioned AWS Fargate. So, okay, Fargate seems right. And the interesting part is, so we will have to buy the database. There's no way to migrate away because um, they need a database. Yeah. The question is, what do you do with the microservices? And uh, what we did is, okay, we will provision one Fargate cluster. And then what if we buy the largest one? So what does it cost? A largest Fargate cluster means four CPUs and I think 32 gigs of RAM costs roughly 200 euros a month. So maybe more or less, but some, yeah, something, yeah. In, which is already interesting because uh, Kubernetes costs you 100 euro just for the control plane. I mean, uh, and we have no, and the entire have time running. Yeah, this is, yeah. Your brain needs to be there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, and, and they had, they were on Whitefly. And I said, okay, this is and one app on Fargate. We can only scale up to four CPUs and 32 gigs of RAM. So what if... We ship a monolith because it doesn't make any sense to have yes, five microservices. Exactly. And exactly. What, what, they, what, what, what we did as proof of concept, one white fly, and we packed you know, all the microservices which are distributed to one machine on, uh, on, on my, uh, five wars on a white fly, and uh, it worked. And uh, so, look, I know the, the shipment is, is, is easier. You, you shipped always the same version in five microservices, so you never had, you know, the the uh, the uh, the uh, the necessity to know to, to replace one single microservice so you just did it because it was fashionable so there was no nothing behind and uh, everything became simpler now we have uh, one CDK project with the microservice we have one port one load balancer and it and it already runs and what happens there is now- a term called like uh, mm-hmm. sorry there is a term uh, just just I, I need to interrupt you now because there is a term called uh, 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 lambda monolith okay yeah that's something that you that you at the beginning of the uh, uh, this uh, talk you you said you have all the calls on all the rest endpoints in one lambda mm-hmm. okay but it's a lambda monolith but it, it's just like a code is sim- is single but you can still deploy it in a in a different context you can exactly. you can use it in, in one context as an asynchronous call and another context is a rest endpoint for this or stuff but this is it can still be one code yeah. and you don't have to split it that's exactly. a good thing that's a good for migration just for as a but still, I would say, as a first step. As a first step. Because and, once and, you... Yeah. And now what do you do? You say, okay, Whitefly, we will have to move away from Whitefly. They, they, they ask me why. It's like, yeah, because if you look at Red Hat, I would say most of the developers are really excited about Quarkus. I mean, there is a, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a yeah. Whitefly team, but in my, the majority works on Quarkus. I would say Quarkus is now extremely popular. So, and, and Quarkus uh, um, comes with some features which Whitefly doesn't have. And uh, they say, okay, interesting. So what we can do about that? Should we migrate to Quarkus? Like, no. If we now migrate somewhere, then to Lambda. So what we can do right now, we can look at the monolith and say, okay, this microservice could be, you know, completely extracted from the Fargate and implemented independently as Lambda. Yes, yes. And the cool but story look at is... The Fargate can... Cold start for Fargate with Quarkus. 
it's it's about 34 30 seconds like 35 34 seconds you know it's it's amazing you can still run it in Fygate, but it's 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 it will run faster it will not like it's we saw incredible uh, uh, improvements when it switched from open liberty to quarkus running in fargate mm -hmm. that thing is like like one scale that's just uh, but if the you know, like, task runs all the time, it runs all the time. So the idea is we will run yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. So there yes, will be no, exactly. it would start yes, once exactly. and there will be no exactly. shutdown. It will run entire time. So the idea is we buy the largest Fargate instance and run it all the time. So there is no yes. scale down, scale up. We pay, you know, the maximum, which is 200 euros a month for one task. And one task is one monolith. The interesting part is, now the we can extract the Lambda, but this comes later. But uh, there are already some Microsoft which can do this. So we can extract it, and now it comes. We can even use the same load balancer now, and this load balancer can yeah, balance yeah, the load yeah. between Fargate and Lambda. So it means it would never change for the clients, and we can move, you know, uh, more and more workloads to Lambdas. And um, and and this or is. Or you can or you can split even in production now. You can have a, a situation where it will it's it's good for you. So during the day you run stuff in Fargate, mm -hmm. and during the night when you have less calls. You can run it in Lambda. Yeah. You know, so it, the same, the load balancer can switch between them, like depending on, on the day of uh, day, time of day. So uh, uh, the same code can run in both environments. And I suspect, I suspect you are using AWS Lambda with uh, how it's called event bridge to uh, tell the load yeah, balancer yes, yes. when when to when is night and when is day. I mean, right? different. You, you know, sometimes some some like basic stuff can like. Uh, uh, you, <laughs> we use code deploy with uh, with a scheduler ah, okay. to check, to do to do some calls and just switch the something in infrastructure, you know. So that's something that 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 that, that works for us. Uh, are yeah. you actually but, using code uh, code deploy with the blue green deployments? Uh, yes, uh, but it's uh, some. It, it really depends, you know. Like so, sometimes it makes sense, but uh, integration tests are not something that we are really super super like. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not happy with the level of uh, test coverage uh, in my system. So sometimes, you know, it's it's, it's there, but it, in most cases, we don't have like enough tests. But you attended the Airhex workshops in Munich five years ago, and it's still no progress. Uh, we didn't listen to that part. I mean, we're just like <laughs> waiting for stuff. Uh, maybe that was a coffee break or something. Okay. You know? But the, yeah, the the problem is that the the you know, testing needs to be different. Like uh, Quarkus testing is something really interesting. Uh, people should should really, really dive dive in. And, and the, the integration test with Quarkus should be, uh, uh, people will, should do that. But, you know, like, I don't know what's your test coverage, like, especially with integration tests. But integration, I have no integration tests. I have a couple of unit tests where it's complex. And I have pretty good coverage with system tests where you you call the Lambda from outside. And one tip what I'm doing, we have the JAXRS endpoints. We are copying the JAXRS endpoints to the system tests and modify them to be interfaces. And now we use MicroProfile REST client and inject these interfaces to Quarkus test, to an unit test which is annotated with Quarkus yeah, yeah. test and IT. And uh, with the base URI, is locally localhost 8080. Yes, yes. Exactly, but the cool story exactly, is exactly. the base URI is overridden and code pipeline with the real thing because the code pipeline knows where the real thing is. So we run the same system uh -huh, tests okay. on the code pipeline, which is fairly easy. There's only one yeah, F entry, yes, yes. and we can override this. And this works actually surprisingly yes, well. Yes, 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 and yes, every yes. push starts the code pipeline. That's okay. what happens. In the, the problem with the with the problem with the blue green is that I hate that it takes so much time. Yeah, exactly. For one, for one deployment to get so, what happens if you just deployed something and then you see oh there is a mistake, yeah. Oh, I have to change something, you know. So, then you commit push and then you wait, mm -hmm. and then if you have to wait like 15, 20 minutes, you are done. Okay, you just your brain will explode waiting with client calls. So one good thing is, it's although it's not like something that is uh, uh, something that you should do they don't say that they especially say that they you shouldn't do that but if you have a project with a cdk that you that you use in cdk pipeline okay you can always like uh, uh, do something it's called which is called hot swap mm -hmm. okay you can make a build locally 
and call the same code with the CDK infrastructure, and it will just switch the that code in the production in production for that one thing. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe till your uh, uh, till your code pipeline does everything in, in the background, you can you can do that and uh, like switch one function. But this okay, is new. Just switch one. This came last yeah, year, I think, right? Yeah. With the CDK. Yeah, and, and we have last last year, and it's uh, it's actually not something that is. Uh, completely new thing. You can always call an API and switch mm-hmm. the code for one function. But the good thing is that you can do that for, uh, for the infrastructure and say, okay, I have everything changed locally. Can you just deploy this? And it will just find what, what it has to change and then it will deploy it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing that we were talking was like, uh, it's, it's for if you're starting now, you should think about cloud native in a way what's really Let's just avoid dependencies to old technologies. Like Kubernetes is old technology. Yes. And and cloud native, the entire discussion with cloud native, I never got it because we always were cloud enabled. And, you know, if you look at the, how it's called, the, uh, you know, the old rule, uh, how is this? uh, 12-factor apps, right? 12-factor. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you read this, every Java application is 12-factor app. And yes. it, and there was a huge, you know, talks about uh, cloud natives. Like, what are you talking about? Because if you package this in Docker container, a Java e application server, it is 12-factor app if you do it correctly, right? If you don't read, you know, yeah, your yeah, configuration yeah, yeah. from XML, but from environment, which you get per default with MicroProfile, mm-hmm. then you are cloud native. But maybe we need another term. So what I what, what also, you mentioned this already, uh, you should use managed services. I mean... Whatever the cloud built, which is proprietary actually, which which we are say we are we are afraid for years. But for me, this AWS, if I'm running on AWS, is the new Java E. I'm running in the environment anyway, right? It's not like I cannot just say I'm I would like to be independent from the operating system of running on the operating system. I mean a little dependency is okay. So and now if I would use messaging, right? Instead of installing or provisioning my own GMS server. I would use SQS and SNS. Why? Or Kinesis. Why? Because I get, you know, the libraries. It is natively integrated with HTTP, and uh, and I just say, give me a queue, and I have a queue. I don't need the queue anymore. I don't have the queue. Yes. So it, it is it is very fast. So I don't know how to call it. I would say, if you would like to be cloud native, what it actually means is use, you know, the built-in services and don't try to abstract from the cloud. Because if you abstract, it's from a real the... serverless. You know, when, when people say serverless, they mean lambda in most cases. But the real serverless is like managed yeah. services. Yeah, exactly. Managed especially, services, especially if they can, if the, if if they can scale to zero, so you don't pay if yeah. you don't use it. Mm-hmm. That's that's serverless. That's mostly yeah. the, the definition of serverless. Yeah. You know, when when you look uh, at one the services, one very like important the, part, uh, Goran, which I have to mention because I forgot it already three times during the talk. The great <laughs> okay. story is for serverless is the developer experience. So in my yeah, current yeah. project, we have four developers. We're a smaller team and uh, and maybe eight accounts, let's say. Let's see, four developers plus dev, int, and prod, and the code pipeline. There's, I think, four, eight accounts. And of mm-hmm. course, the master accounts, which doesn't matter, and, and reporting or whatever. So the cool story is with serverless, every developer can have his or her own environment. Because it's not a big deal, you know. In my in my account, provision DynamoDB, whatever I need, the entire stack can yes. belongs to me, and I pay nothing for development. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, try exactly. it with Kubernetes. So I, for me, I still don't get it. So what are they doing? Every developer gets an own Kubernetes installation in the AWS account, or they're using a shared Kubernetes and hope it behaves. Or, they can, or they can install it locally on their machine, on their PCs. Yeah, but this is, but this is everything but not cloud native. If you install your Kubernetes yes, on your machine, this is what they did 20 years exactly. ago. So what I'm talking with now, we have the unique opportunity to use the entire time the real thing. If you have internet connection, you can use actually the entire time in your account, your production environment, which happens to be your environment. And you can have the entire stack. So in new applications, right? If you have legacy, shared database is harder. But the new is another problem. I can create, you know, a DynamoDB table, delete a table, delete, uh, create a table. A little bit harder is uh, three buckets because they have to be, they have to be globally unique names. So a little bit fiddling, but I mean, can, you figure it out. Every developer can have its 
Yeah, like develop its own accounts. So yeah, it exactly. Matter. So, um, yeah, yeah, and you know, delete these S3 buckets. You have to empty them. But uh, I mean, these are small things like security measures. To. There is like in CDK now, you can have a Policy. switch that that says uh, it. Uh, but it installs Python that just, Lambda. If you do this, I think it installs Python yeah. Lambda. Yes, yes, yes. Just this is this is uh, uh, it's it's not that everything is like perfect in this but world I, which of, I don't uh, like of CDK, the Python Lambda. AWS and CDK and stuff. The thing is like. Uh, uh, people who should not really uh, rely on that uh, everything will be managed by someone else and they will do everything in my yeah. best interest and they will scale automatically do everything perfectly you know you still have to learn about what's going on you know yeah. that this example of where you deploy where you create a, a bucket like storage on an AWS and then you want to destroy a resource by default you cannot destroy a bucket if there's something inside mm -hmm. okay so the CDK, which is like a, an entire framework for itself, does something extra for us. Mm -hmm. It actually creates a small Lambda function mm -hmm. and deploys it mm -hmm. in your account. Mm -hmm. So in a moment, if, so if you, if you, in CDK, if you, if you set the switch, okay, you can delete this one entirely, even if, if there is something in, it will add to the functionality of AWS. So, uh, when it comes, when it when the delete of the bucket starts, it will call the function which will do the delete, and then uh, uh, kill the bucket. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so what's wrong with this? No. Well, so what's wrong is uh, AWS should hide this. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That, that's this the shouldn't be like, visible uh, in my account because I did it the first yes. time and I said, "What's going on? What is this?" And I look at this what source code of the yeah. Python and I say, "Okay, they are deleting this." But for me, it was not so evident. Adam, you're doing Python. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This was. Uh, one question to you: Are you running your AWS Fargate f f the entire time? Right? You are starting this at uh, at day and then shutting it down. No, but no, no, not different. Uh, it's uh, mostly out of scale. First of all, I run all these things on spot instances, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's like 90% cheaper. Yeah. But they're, they're never out of instances, so I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Okay, I, I, I never had any problem. So that's, that's first the thing that is cheaper. Then you, you, you can set out of scaling for Fargate, mm -hmm. okay? So for example, uh, when you generate pixel-perfect reports, like if you use BIRT, do you use BIRT? Uh, I, I used like back this. then. I used BERT a lot. Yeah. Bird, okay. We yeah. still use it. Okay. Yeah. So you, if you want a pixel perfect report, then one client initiates a, uh, a creation of a new report. Then, the, since the 30 seconds is only uh, 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 it's the time for a call start for a new Quarkus in mm -hmm. a new Fargate instance, uh, then okay. we just push it to SQS. SQ, and then there is a monitoring of, uh, of, of on Fargate. How many messages are there in SQS? If there's another message that we didn't, uh, we didn't process, you can start a new Fargate in, a 30, in 30 seconds and run it. Well, it, that also changed because now we run lambdas, 10 gig lambdas. Exactly. And it, it runs built like yeah. in, in, a, in, in, in a three seconds, you know, it's done. Yeah. So it's it's super crazy, and uh, and I don't care if it's it's if it's still running there. I'm just paying for my three seconds. So, but you, you are know, storing Fargate, the report in EFS, right? I guess we are we are saving it back to S3. Okay, S3. Okay. You know, we don't Which use is too much. Mm -hmm. yeah, we don't use EFS too much. No, this you know? you're right. EFS S3 is way better. I just thought that this is like right. legacy system, and you, but S3 is even better, yes. of course. I think so. Like Fargate, uh, 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 we need. Uh, for these parts of the system where we have like front-end facing Fargates. To Goran, well, we have I have to invite you back. Just talk about this. Now okay. about your system, if you can. Because anyway, we will yeah, spend one hour, because it's interesting. I wanted to, to ask you about Lambda destinations right now. And I would say, if I ask you this question, we will spend one other hour just talking, you know, because yes. this is yes, the cool... It's a, it's a uh, messaging, asynchronous stuff. That's something that's really cloud native, and uh, yeah, it's a completely new topic, you know. Yeah, okay, you to... exactly. Because uh, the serverless works only well with events, and the Quarkus yes. is uh, what what I do right now is like misusing the entire concept because this is the only exception when the event is synchronous, right? <laughs> because the API yeah. gateway sends the event and blocks and waits until the Lambda returns. Uh, your your use case is actually better for the reports. And now I understand why you have the call start in Fargate because in my Fargate's examples, the Fargate uh, uh, runs all the time, so there is no call start except you know if you ship a new new version 
and the cold start means it is not available until there is no never cold start because it is it won't be visible until so the readiness it. probe hits and then the lo- it gets traffic from the load balancer. So it's always fast. Yes, but yes, um, yes. you could also use a Fargate um, as a as called schedule task. So for batch processing. So we're yes, also using exactly, this. Exactly. So this is perfect. Exactly. So um, where people can find you and how they book, you know, your services from your company. What's the name of the company? And if someone would like uh, to have a Starbucks yeah. Uh, app. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's it's called Este. But uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter to people who are not in business. Like it's uh, my. my uh, for developers, it's just like they don't care about too too much what's going really going on in the market. So, I have this kind of uh, uh, I'm I'm really I really like the business part of it, you know. So mostly developers don't really don't really care about what's it, but I really like that part, and uh, I, I want my software to do something really useful. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean my company is called Estec, but it doesn't it really doesn't matter. I, I really like to uh, uh, talk uh, with people about technology, so they can. Check, check me on Twitter. It's Goran Opacic, Goran, mm-hmm. G-O-A-N-O-P-A-C-I-C. So uh, that's my first uh, place to for discussion. So, yeah, I'm also a, a AWS data hero. So if you have any questions about databases in AWS, whatever database, I like MySQL, but any, any questions, let's just feel free. It's hard for Java developers to switch to a new world where there is no some MySQL or Postgre in the background. Okay. And it's like... Then we need even to, that running. It's we hard. need two dates. <laughs> so, the first one we talk about serverless and events, and the next one about databases. Yeah, yeah. So it I should mean, be next one we should do in a few weeks, and then you know maybe in autumn or winter another yeah. one just about databases. Yeah, we can we can run one if if you the uh, uh, Java one is coming. So maybe if you are coming to 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 Las Vegas this year, I mean I really like Java one coming back to the yeah, world. So this is a great, I'm definitely great to be there. Mm-hmm. So we can record one one episode there. But with terrible sound, maybe about this authentic, you know, that the people. Perfect. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Adam.